0: This morning, the message that we're going to be speaking about is the fruit of the Spirit, as we've been on the series over the past number of weeks. And today we are on the message or the fruit of faithfulness. Faithfulness is a um, is an amazing part of God. In fact, as we are as we have been speaking of the fruit of the spirit, uh we have been speaking with the appreciation that this is we're describing God's character. We're describing who God is because he is, he embodies all of the fruit of the spirit. He embodies all of that, and he wants us then to also share that and be able to uh, experience the benefits of the fruit. God is perfect. He's perfect in everything that he does, and, and that's even beyond our imagination. We cannot even begin to imagine the perfection and the glory of God. And in all of that, in all of of that, he he has decided that he wanted to create mankind the way he is. Why did he do that? Why did God create us in his image? He created us to be like himself, like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And can I give you uh, my understanding of why? My understanding of why he created this way is because he wants relationship with us. He wants a relationship with you and I different than any other cre- thing he's created. Yes, he's created all of the glory of this world and all the animals and all the creation and all the, the splendor, the, the really amazing cre- uh, creations. But what he wants from us more than anything is a relationship. That just kind of, you got to let that settle in maybe for a little bit. But when God creates us in his image, he did so so that we could have a relationship with him as the father has relationship with the son, as the son has relationship with the Holy Spirit and and how they are in perfect communion and perfect holiness and perfect unity. And so that's why he gave us the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, we know, is given in Galatians chapter 5. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Nine fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to be talking about faithfulness today. The fruit of faithfulness. Well, faithfulness is a very important um, aspect of our lives. In fact, uh, there is no bigger word... In the life of a person than faithfulness. This is such a, a huge study that we could spend hours and hours and I promise you we will not be spending hours today talking about faithfulness, but we could very easily because faithfulness is one of those topics that impacts every aspect of our life. In every relationship we have, faithfulness is a key element. In fact, it's so, it's so important that my faithfulness either inspires you or my lack of faithfulness disappoints you. That's how important faithfulness is. I will either inspire you in the way that I am faithful to you or I will very significantly disappoint you because I'm not faithful to you. It's that important. So faithfulness is, is something that we need to think about. Just think about this simple statement for a minute. And, and how, how have you seen that play out in your life? Think of an example with someone that has fired you with their faithfulness. How important is that person to you? Maybe you were at a really hard time in life and maybe at a rock bottom of, of time in life and somebody came up to you and gave you a word of encouragement or maybe somebody came to you and said I want to do something for you and they actually did it. <laughs> they actually they actually came good under word. How important was that to you? And then at the same time think of the times that people have let you down and how their unfaithfulness has hurt and disappointed. Do you see how important faithfulness is to relationships? relationships are important. As I said, we're created in God's image. We're created in God's image so that we can have a relationship with him. At the same time, we're created in his image so that we can have a relationship with each other. I need to relate with you. You and I need to have relationships and how faithfulness is such a key element and our lack of faithfulness can be such a key element in every relationship So let's understand more about faithfulness today. The context of faithfulness in this context of uh, Galatians is derived from a Greek word called pistis, pistis. And it means faith, faithfulness, belief, trust, with an implication that actions based on that trust or that faith may follow. Faith brings action. Faith without action is dead. That's what James said, right? In, James, in the book of James, faith without action is dead. So faith brings action. Therefore, ones that's a faithful doer, they are action people. They get things done. They say they're going to do something and they get it done. So that faithful, faithfulness always results in some type of an action or some type of a uh, result in a person's life. Faith is also the motivator of an action that results in an action. It's by faith that something is that somebody believes in something and that develops in them a belief that's worth working for. And it's by that same faith that actions are accomplished, people are getting done what they want to get done, and we're having a desired outcome. Faith is that important. Dr. Alex Ness, in his book titled The Holy Spirit, He says this about the definition of the word, Greek word pistis that we just described. He says it is a living, vibrant, confident, indwelt confidence that is implanted at the reception of Christ. Yet it's matured and developed in the process of Christian maturity. Faith is given by God. It's, it's, at your moment of salvation, there is a, there is a, a, an element of faith. And then it's matured over a lifetime of living for Christ. Now, we know, biblically speaking, there is um, the gift of faith and there is the fruit of faithfulness. There is the gift of faith and the fruit of faithfulness. Are they the same thing? Well, let's, let's talk about them. There are nine supernatural gifts of the Spirit, of which faith is one of them. And how does the gift of faith then differ from the fruit of faith or the fruit of faithfulness? Both are supernatural as both are the very nature of God. So neither one of those can we accomplish on our own. They're both supernaturally given, but there are differences in them. Both are given by the Holy Spirit, but one is a gift and one grows they're gifts and they grow. So those two words, gifts and grows, they give, that's the basic difference between the two. The gift of faith, the gift of faith is a gift that doesn't really depend on maturity of the person receiving the gift. The gift of faith is a gift and, and anyone at any level of maturity can receive the gift of faith. That's a gift that God gives. And you don't have to be a super Christian. You just have to be a Christian. It's no different than you give gifts to babies that haven't earned anything. You give gifts to to mothers in baby showers. A baby hasn't even been born yet, but you're giving gifts. So gifts come without any form of deserving the gift. That's a supernatural act that God gives. The gift is given for a specific event normally. A specific period in time where God wants to supernaturally um, fulfill his purpose. Something has to happen that God wants supernaturally to happen. So he gives the gift of faith. God gives the gift of faith for the miraculous. For the things that we can't even begin to explain. And, And we see gifts of faith given with healing and deliverance and providing other resources and things of that nature. And here's something about the gift of faith. We don't always understand when and why it comes. Sometimes the gift is given for certain reasons, and we don't, under, we don't always understand that. And that's okay. We don't have to understand God. We just have to trust him that God's timing is always perfect and that he always has the bigger picture in mind. Whereas the fruit of faith or the fruit of faithfulness is more of a growth phenomenon in our life than a specific supernatural one-time event. The fruit of faithfulness grows. It's given to us, it's implanted in us as a seed, and then it grows. It's just as supernatural as the gift of faith, but yet it has an element to it that depends upon us to grow the faithfulness, to allow our, our lives to be a, a fertile soil, And that we tend to it and we work it. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. It says, For the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Here's the key. In accordance with the faith, God has distributed to each of you. God gives each born-again believer a measure of faith that is to be used to build the life of the believer into one that is pleasing to God. And without faith, we cannot please God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So faith is required. It's required in us to give us the lifeblood of Christ, and then it's given to us so that we can please God by continuing to believe in him and trust him for his mercies and his grace. So what is the faith that pleases God? Well, according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, just a few verses up, it says this is a definition of faith. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not yet see. If I can see it, I don't need faith to get it. (laughs) So faith is one of those things that gives it that supernatural act of God. He says, I, I'm going to trust you that you're going to see what I have in store for you, even though you don't see it, even though you don't think I'm working for you, even you may not see it in your life right now. Faith says, I'm going to believe it and I'm going to receive it and I'm going to act on it. Like I already have it. That's powerful. And that requires supernatural grace. It's a faith that, in God that he is our Savior as the first step. And then it grows into a faith, that, into a belief that God is our source of strength. And I've, I've heard it said quite often that quite often when someone comes to Christ that, we, they, we, that he becomes our Lord and Savior. Well, I, I want to reverse the words. I want to reverse the words to say when you come to Jesus, you come to him believing who he is and you know that you're a sinner and you know that you need your your heart to be forgiven. You know your sins need to be forgiven. So you come to Jesus and you say, Father, forgive me. Jesus, forgive me. And his blood then washes you and he he gives you a new birth. So now you become a saved person. That's what that word means, that we're we're saved from our sin into a new life. And so Christ becomes our savior. Savior. That's the first act of faith. He becomes our Savior. And then as we're walking in that, then the faith that we have grows where He now becomes our Lord. Lordship indicates ownership. And so I can't be, I I can't call Him Lord until I'm saved. (laughs) I have to be saved first. So He's my Savior and then He's my Lord. Because now that lordship says, you own me. I am not my own anymore. And now I desire what you desire in my life. And that's the beautiful thing about faith. That when I have the gift of faith that God gives me to change me to be a saved person, now the fruit of faith comes into my life and he changes my desires. He changes me from within. So now I want to please him. So now I can call him Lord because I give him ownership of my life. It's that confident belief in God. Not believing in ourselves, but believing in God that pleases him. And it's it's upon that faith that we grow. So as we study the fruit of faith, we're going to see that this faith begins small and then it grows as the Holy Spirit leads us to many faith-building opportunities in our life. Once again, I want to reference Dr. Ness. He says this, while faith as a fruit May intermingle with faith as a a gift, we understand there is a distinct difference. While both are supernatural in their origin, we will also see that faith is the root and faithfulness is the fruit. Faith is the beginning. Faith faith is the seed. It's the root. And then out of that, out of the action that comes from that, we have a fruit of faithfulness. And I think that makes great sense, and it helps us understand how the seed of faith that God gives us, and how that grows in the life of each person, and so that we are then reaping the fruit of faithfulness. The root is is uh, is faith, and the fruit is faithfulness. When we allow that to happen in our life, when we allow that seed to be planted. We're now, oper- we're now giving the, the Lord the opportunity to bring great blessings. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty, A faithful person will be richly blessed. A faithful person will be richly blessed. And we need to recognize that we are only stewards of everything that God has given us. I don't own anything, including my next breath. I don't own anything in this life. I'm simply gifted it. God has blessed me with it, and I'm a steward of it. It doesn't make any difference if if it's my wealth or my talents or my knowledge. It's all about God's faithfulness to us. He is that faithful to us that he allows us to have the blessings of this world and this life. And now, as I am faithful to the end, will I be rewarded? As I continue to, to remain faithful to God as he's faithful to me, then I will have the reward of eternal life. John the Revelator gives us a great encouragement in Revelation chapter 14, beginning at verse 12. He says, This calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keep his commands and remain faithful to Jesus. Such an important little sentence right there. That it's 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 the endurance, the faithful endurance on the part of the people who keep God's commands and remain faithful. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, write this blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit, they will rest from their labor for their deeds will follow them. Action results in deeds that God will reward you as you're faithful. That's a promise. So now let's get practical a little bit. What does this really mean? What does it really mean to be faithful? Sometimes we just speak in Bible terms and we never get anything down to practical life, but I want to talk about practicality for a bit here. What are the attributes of a growing faithfulness? Number one, faithfulness starts out small and it grows. Number two, successful organizations rely on faithful people. And finally, number three, God rewards faithfulness. This is really pretty basic elements here. But as we learn to be faithful in these things, we will will learn, we will be trusted to be faithful with big things. God will bless you with bigger things as we're faithful in the small things. So let's start off by talking about faithfulness starts out small. Now, have you ever looked at a seed of any kind? I know Jim Bierce is a farmer. He's got a nice garden. But when you plant a seed, you look in that little tiny seed and you see all the potential of the plant. It's just an amazing thing. It just looks like it's, a, it's, it's just a dead little thing right there and yet there's a life in that. When you bury that seed into the ground, it grows. And all the potential of that plant is held in that little tiny seed. And the smallest seed can end up being one of the biggest plants. In fact, Jesus talks about that in a parable, talking about the mustard seed. Let's read that, Matthew chapter 13, beginning at verse 31. Jesus told them another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field, though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Now, what's interesting about a seed is that it's only the potential of what the plant is. The seed is in itself may have a little nourishment. We might be able to eat the seed and get a little nourish, nourishment out of it, but nothing really happens until that seed is planted in the ground and grows. And so uh, of the outcome of that planted seed becomes great rewards and great, great blessing of more, pr- more, pr- more fruit, more produce. The final outcome of faith is the same thing. It begins in small beginnings. It doesn't have to start out big. That's how how the fruit of faith looks in our life. Or what about the life of a church? Is a big church only a productive church, or can a small church be a productive church? Is a small church any less powerful than a big church? Is a small family any less powerful than a big family? Size and numbers mean nothing when it comes to faith. It all comes down to how it's planted and how it's grown. So let's not judge between the size of an organization or the size of a family or the size of a bank account, for that matter. That has nothing to do with the effectiveness of the faith of the person or the organization. Faith is a, is a supernatural gift that God grows in us, and as we continue to let it grow in us, it produces, it produces great fruit. Now here's an area of good caution. I, I want to just caution us about this because anything can start out small and grow. So it's not only the fruit of godliness that starts out small, but think about this. It's the fruit of ungodliness that starts out small as well. So just let, us, let me just give you a warning here that you're not probably going to be tempted with the big sins. You're going to be tempted with the little things. You're going to be tempted with the little bits of unfaithfulness. That will, if you allow that to take root in your life, it will continue to grow as well. So it's not just fruit that grows, not fruit of faithfulness that grows, but also the fruit of unfaithfulness. So just be careful. Just be careful so that no matter where you're at in your spiritual walk, that you don't don't get overly mindful of yourself. Recognize that the fruit of the Spirit is a supernatural fruit, and we need to continue to nurture that and let that grow in our life. And as it starts out small, it can turn into a beautiful thing. God's got a great plan for your life. He's got a great plan for this church. He's got a great plan for your family. Just let it grow and let it develop. Second point, the practical point, is successful organizations rely on faithful people. Now, this may be the understatement of all time. Every organization is built on people. And the success of the organization depends on the people that are in it. And we need to be careful. We need to understand how this statement really affects us and how it affects me. Now, as important as my work ethic is or your work ethic, I, we can also go down the, the path of of our own, our own benefit and our own worthwhile as well. So I want to I say this as we read the next psalm, the next passage, is that it's um, the fruit of faithfulness in the root of a, of a person, a faithful person, that person has to be rooted in Christ. It's not in our own ability because in Psalms 127, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. So as as important as faithfulness is, we have to make sure that our faithfulness is rooted in, in the faithfulness of God and not in ourself. Uh, My Bible commentary said this about this particular passage. It says that only what comes from God and has his blessing is truly valuable in life. If God is not the top priority or the center point of one's life, the activities, the goals, and the efforts are in vain and will end in frustration, disappointment, and wasted time. We must make sure that our plans are from God and that we are following his directions in life and not choosing after our own ideas, agendas, and efforts. So God uses people to build his kingdom, but it 's only in the people that are committed followers of Christ that really are going to make the kingdom effective. The old example is um, it 's better for us to uh, work smart than work hard. Um, we can work really, really hard in our own efforts, but if we 're not following christ if he 's not the center point of our life if our, if, if we 're not rooted in his faithfulness as the, as the seed is faith and then the, the result of the fruit is faithfulness, if we're not rooted in that, we will quickly find ourselves being unfaithful. And we will find ourselves working very hard but not very smart. Let me A couple, a couple other things I want to say about that because it takes teamwork and a committed group of people to build the church. It's not done by the pastor or the staff. It's done by both the pastor and the staff and committed lay people. We need you. Your church needs you. Whatever church you belong to, your church needs you to be committed. Your church needs you to be faithful. And it doesn't have to be the big thing. Remember, it can be in the small things that start great faithfulness and great fruit comes out of the small things. Sometimes we have to um, understand that God works in a, in a way that we can't understand. And um, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6, it says, Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person, who can find? The issue of faithfulness, the issue of being faithful and remaining faithful is such a key element where we have to just allow the Lord to work in our hearts and our lives. I just can't say that enough. It, it takes faithful people to build the kingdom of God. And it's not, about, it's not about what we're building. It's all about what God wants to do in your life. It's all about what he wants to build in your life because as you're found faithful, the relationship that you have with the Lord changes. It's not about pleasing a person. It's about living for Christ. It's about um, putting him in the area of, of authority where he needs to be. It doesn't make a difference what you do for your church. It doesn't make any difference if you're the, the person with the most responsibility or the least responsibility. It's that small mustard seed of faith that grows into a faithful relationship, and to a faithful person in the kingdom of God, and God rewards that. And that brings me to the third point. God rewards faithfulness. You know, we have the free choice of everything that we do. That's why God's reward of faithfulness is so important. Because you don't have to do anything. You can choose not to do anything, or you can choose to do something. And it's because you have the choice that God rewards. We may profess love, but love is proven through our faithful obedience to Christ. And then He rewards the faithful. It's through your choices, it's through my choices that I will be judged. And it's through your choices that you will be judged and rewarded as well. See, if God didn't allow us to make our own choice, then reward wouldn't mean anything. If God didn't allow me to go my own way, then a reward for going the right way wouldn't mean anything. So with that said, we need to focus on the faithfulness that God has and focus on the rewards that God gives to those that are faithful. Because God does reward faithful people. He rewards us in a way that is beyond our ability. It's beyond our own even imagination. Luke chapter 6 verse 23. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. Luke 6:35. Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back, then your reward will be great. There's so many things here that God rewards us for. So as we begin to start to close this down, Jackie and Tom, if you'd come back, I just want you to know that life can be difficult. Life can be difficult. There's no question about it. And and it's in this trying times of, Lord, where are we in this virus? Where are we in our finances? Where are we with our family relationships? That it just may seem that God may not be there, but I just want to encourage you that his faithfulness, remember, we're talking about The fruit of the gift, the fruit of the spirit is all describing the faithfulness of God. Pastor Bob Bradley told us when things got bad, what he would often say to us is plod on, plod on, plod on. In other words, when life becomes so hard, it's hard to pick up one foot and put it to the next step. We just plod on. Let me read this final passage in Hebrews chapter 10. This is a great encouragement for us in our faithfulness. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 through 39. So do not throw away this confidence, this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those that have faith and are saved. So this morning, if you are struggling in an area of not sure what tomorrow holds, let me just encourage you this morning that God is faithful. The fruit of the Spirit is describing the faithfulness of God. He is more faithful than what we can ever believe or ever understand. So count on that. And then ask him to encourage you to be faithful. Let's pray this morning. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just need you more than ever today. Lord, it's clearly not about us. It's clearly not about what we can do. But it's all about you. It's all about what you are doing and can do in our hearts and our lives. So Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, and I just pray for all those right now, this morning, that may be struggling at home, may be struggling in their life and their finances and their emotions, maybe their relationship with you, maybe they don't have a relationship with you. The first step is to know who you are, to accept you as our Savior, and then we faithfully, as we work, make you our Lord. So I just pray for this in Jesus' name. I thank you for all that you're doing for us. And I just ask that you would just be, um, just be perfect in our hearts and our lives. We just give you this praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be blessed today. Be blessed. Have a great day today. Amen.